This is the Authority Partners Podcast. Welcome to Authority Partners Podcast on Arctic Intelligence Software. I would like to present you our guest, Dino Esposito. Dino, Dino is one of the world famous software artists. He's from Rome, Italy. Uh, I'm sure anybody who is in architecture and uh, uh, software technology in general has encountered his books. Uh, and they have both my book. Hey, by the way, yes. it's me. <laughs> uh, and uh, post articles uh, uh, more like MSDN Magazine and others, and probably met him at a conference and other events. So Dino is also, in my opinion, an original thinker in this domain. So welcome, Dino. We are happy to have you here. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Uh, first of all, I would, I would like to start with the topic of REST and APIs in general. And uh, uh, from what I read, uh, you have an original take on all this, and you have even coined the uh, term bittersweet taste of it. And uh, could, you, could you explain us a little bit uh, more about that, maybe? Yes. Um, in over 25 years of career, Um, I think, uh, or, or at least I, I, I love to think that I've been able to mature, to generate a sort of uh, sensibility that takes me to uh, have a, a strong take on some topics related to software technology. So there are some uh, buzzwords that instinctively I feel I love, and there are some others, the majority, uh, that I just feel I... I I, I hate them or I, I don't find them particularly uh, suitable or particularly uh, interesting beyond or intriguing. yeah tricky yeah, be beyond I mean at least compared to um to the, the the common sense of the importance of those buzzwords and the rest is uh, uh, by all means uh, one of those uh, now why REST is uh, or should be really important to developers I guess that if you go on the street and you, you take any developers that is walking <laughs> around the street and ask him or her, uh, what about REST? What, what do you think about REST? Is REST crucial to your everyday job? They say, absolutely, yes. We, REST is crucial for, uh, for our applications to talk to other applications, for us to expose uh, our own API, to make our platform uh, uh, easy to consume for other uh, clients uh, and for our customers uh, to expose uh, our content and, and things like that. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but this is not exactly REST. This is just the role of something called, since the early days uh, of software, application programming interface. So it's a way for you to make available, publicly available, or anyway, available according to certain rules and policies you, as the owner of the information, uh, provide content. Whatever content means to you, software functions, uh, plain content, whatever. Now, what, what is REST? REST, uh, now, technically is a, a definition of uh, an abstraction which was devised by a PhD student 20 years ago, sort of 20 years ago. The 2000 is, well, 20 years ago. So it seems it was uh, the other day, but it's 20 years now. So in 20 years... Uh, the world changed completely. In 2000, there was nothing like dot, the .NET framework from Microsoft. And Microsoft is at least half the software industry at the very minimum, right? So in 2000, there was nothing like .NET yet. So it was a completely different world. We didn't have anything like e-commerce 20 years ago. So the REST, representational state transfer, 
was uh, the PhD dissertation of a student. And uh, we built out of that, you know, the, 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 the world, the, the pillars of the IT world for the successive 20 years, the successive two decades. So now, by this, do I mean that REST is something total stupid, total useless? Not exactly, because there was a, a good idea behind uh, the representational state transfer as it was devised 20 years ago. But that's the point. Let's try to move uh, the, the time machine back two decades and, and, and put our, try to put ourselves in the context we were in the IT context we were living two decades ago. It was a time in which internet was uh, coming up. It, it was only a few years that internet was publicly available in terms of BBS, in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, websites, in terms of internet. But in 2000, only in the United States, you could see on TV the first ads, the first commercials mentioning websites. All the rest of the world in 2000 was still running classic canonical commercials in which they, the, 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 the companies were inviting you to visit their store, their physical stores. But in the US in 2000, there was, okay, visit us at the whatever it is, dot com. Uh, the, the, the dot com bubble in stock exchange had still to come in 2000. So it was a totally different world. In that world, in that context, a basic idea like, okay, let's try to rule out the way in which content over the web should be consumed, done from a smart student, that makes total sense. But that was two decades ago. Now, project that idea in the, through the evolution that we went through in two decades. And I'm not, again, again, I'm not completely sure we still need to take rest, at least literally. The point that, in my opinion, allowed rest to survive for two decades and still gain uh, over time relevance is uh, because of alternatives, the lack of alternatives. And... Uh, <laughs> Because of the, the force of the mouth. So by the force of mouth, rest and rest. You say rest, I say rest. He says rest, everyone says rest. Rest is the way to go. And the more the rest is talked, the more people, managers, uh, people, decision makers are afraid to drop it because, oh, everyone does it, why not us? But now, again, technically, what is rest? And then we start from, let's set this uh, uh, base ground and then we move forward with more technical and more precise questions. REST is uh, create, read, update, delete, the classic crude from the database world applied to the world of the web. So what we are talking about is given a resource... What, and the definition of what is a resource is application specific, which could be an invoice, could be a, a microservice, could be whatever you want to command remotely through a, a series, a sequence of commands. And then on this resource, whatever that means, which is a public available over the web, you apply, you operate against this resource through four 
basic commands which are the verb the, the web counterpart of the classic create read update and delete operations uh, we know from databases yes, but, uh, my um, yeah thank you so so uh, my experience is actually that uh, it didn't it didn't take uh, very fast i w- i would say it took some years i i would say that around probably a whole decade around twen- uh, uh, 2010 or something like that we started to actually utilize rest before that it was all old web services you know you would use asmx or, or i don't know wisdl to to get there or something like that so rest it, it took some time to, for for rest to actually emerge you you mentioned 2010 okay let, let's go back uh, with the time machine uh, to to that age 10 years ago Uh, 10 years ago was uh, the the probably you know, if you remember correctly if i remember correctly was more or less the time in which silverlight silverlight was dying and uh, why is silverlight crucial because silverlight was uh, maybe the too early attempt to try to produce and to make available to the community a different flavor of a web so a web in which Uh, you were still using the browser as the the central mean to access functionalities but you were also putting trying to put into the browser different technologies to support the development of applications so no more javascript or no, no, not much javascript not much css not much html but something different and in particular silverlight was trying to push uh, in, in instead of html something <laughs> Okay, maybe too much complicated, like XAML. Uh, instead of uh, JavaScript, was trying to push C Sharp or anyway .NET languages, uh, and something you know fr- fr- from the insides of uh, XAML in place of to replace uh, CSS. But that was the point. That the, the, um, the unfortunate uh, point was instead that at that time, 10 years ago, instead of Uh, producing a completely new environment which was impossible uh, to achieve uh, they had to go through the mechanism of plugins uh, and in a way that the advent of silverlight was seen uh, mostly a, a, as a way to kill the, uh, the the attempt of microsoft to kill the adobe's flash product rather than as a way to uh, push in the right direction the development the future development of the web so there was a sort of a different wrong perspective that Silverlight was put in itself. And anyway, whatever was the reason, was always... Silverlight failed. After a few years of growth, it just failed and disappeared. And that was the restoration of the old web. So there was the return of JavaScript. JavaScript was on the brink okay, of disaster and then it backfired. He came back, he resurrected and he conquered the world and with it CSS and we did HTML. Thank so you. it's a restoration. Thank you. Thank you for this time machine travel. It was interesting. It was exactly what happened. However, I remember at that time uh, I was always kind of leery of, uh, of Silverlight. Uh, when it was a hype, I was always Uh, telling that it's not going to survive because uh, uh, because of two things. First of all, you need to install a plugin over there, and then secondly, you couldn't communicate other than to WCF, which is something that uh, big corporations, enterprises would never allow. So in the beginning, uh, for me, it seemed like the like a very bad idea, and and I I, I was right. Thank you very much. So that summarizes the very important topic of uh, RAS and the APIs in general. I would now like to move on to uh, gRPC. Um, a very important emerging technology. So uh, my understanding is that it's uh, mainly used for server-to-server communication uh, in the backend. Because so far. It's, it's, uh, well, so far, so yeah. Far. So because, because that's where it's most useful and uh, 
Uh, it is really fast. It's based on protobufs, and then uh, it is succinct. It's uh, uh, the, the machine serialized binary. It's uh, it's like beautiful. But now, in your opinion, uh, what are really the advantages of gRPC? Uh, what 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 place do you think it will it will take in our uh, everyday work? Uh, and is this like a, a must to know technology that 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 we'll have to master in the near future? I believe that gRPC is the right way to go. Um, and the, the, the reason is that it came out of a real-world experience where HasRest was originated from a, a, a theoretical dissertation for, of a student. GRPC instead came out of the real-world experience of serious professionals or working at Google in the beginning. From the pain. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. So GRPC, now it's an open, since 2015, I guess, it's an open source project, but originally it was developed at Google. So it was developed at Google by people working at Google and with the specific purpose of making their own within the company uh, inter-app communication as fast and as reliable as possible. So uh, they decided at Google to not, not to use REST, and I guess they had their own reasons for doing that, and they wanted to experiment building something totally different. Totally different means that gRPC is a sort of point-to-point connection. It's, uh, it's what, if we, again, reuse the time machine, Microsoft attempted uh, back then, when uh, b- before .NET came, when they tried with uh, a distributed version of COM, the company object model in, in, of the 90s. Uh, yeah, as a funny story, uh, the, the, you, know the, you, may, you may know the first law of distributed software that Dunbox created at the time, the, so the first he was presenting at a conference, uh, DCOM, and says, before we talk DCOM, let me introduce you to the first law of distributed software. And the law says, do not distribute it. So, <laughs> yes. so distributed software is, uh, anyway, a pain in the proverbial neck. And uh, it, it's unavoidable to some extent. So the point is, how can we make the connections as uh, clean, as direct, and as effective as possible? tight connection. So you define a contract. You define a contract by the provider that any client has to honor. That's it. And then uh, uh, there's some underlying machinery, but once you know the contract that is at one end, you can force two communicating parts to adhere to some sort of technological stack that is tailor-made for being as fast and as effective, maybe binary, maybe uh, taking advantage of streaming and other, uh, and other things that technology is making possible today. And, and then you also have a bi-directional communication. And you have a bi-directional yeah, communication as which well. Which is important. So exactly, but this is, GRPC is uh, the modern and effective solution to a problem we always had. And then we stupidly, let me use this uh, uh, adverb, we stupidly insist to solve the wrong way in the name of, I don't know exactly in the name of what. The name, okay, we use rest in, for what? Yeah. Okay, so rest in peace is well, is uh, the slogan that uh, uh, comes to mind when I think of gRPC and, and contract-based communication, which brings us back to the real business reason why we are talking about rest versus gRPC these days. What we want to do exactly? All that we want to do is exposing our own 
segment of uh, content and uh, uh, functions as providers so that clients can use those services according to our own rules. So it's about exposing an API, but it's me, okay, the provider that has to, has the right and in some way also the duty to decide how, we, how I want to expose my things. And it's me to design the contract according to which you, the client, can connect and use my own stuff. And uh, it's me to define the contract. I don't want to have some general purpose, abstract rules uh, to, 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 to force me to do or not to do things. I, I see you have very strong feelings about, about these topics, which is good. Uh, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, but I also feel somehow that uh, we are naturally moving toward progression. So, so yeah, they were old uh, services before. But then the rest had its place. It was definitely something like, like, like at least uh, the way it was doing things, it filled in the gap. And now the GRPC would be just like, uh, like, the, like the future. So kind of, uh, I see the flow over there. Don't you see it? Okay, the point is uh, you, you can, uh, n- not, nothing, nobody prevents you from exposing your API over plain HTTP 1.1. No problem, you can do that. Okay. Yeah, and, and returning JSON. That, that, that's absolutely fine. I mean, it, it's you, it's your decision. So I'm, I'm not questioning the fact that you have to use gRPC, uh, which is binary, which runs over HTTP2, which uses protobuf and all those things, uh, uh, versus using uh, maybe simpler to implement, uh, maybe uh, e- even broader in terms of diffusion uh, API based on HTTP 1.1 and, and JSON, or even XML or plain text uh, for, for, for acidualizing uh, the information. Th- th- those are two approaches. But the point is that I don't see any business value in forcing the simple way of exposing the API, so the, the, the HTTP 1.1 and JSON, to adhere to the, some abstract rules of REST. You can, I mean, I, I don't see the point of returning 200, okay, uh, whether there is an error in the back end yeah, or not. So, so every, everybody seems to do it uh, yeah. there in their own flavor. So exactly. Say, yeah. So if you, if you Google for REST interface or uh, queries like the right way to do REST, you will find a million different recipes, which means that there is no recipe yes, at all. Yes. So there's no clear way how to do REST, which is not exactly a good statement for the relevance of, of the thing in itself. I understand. Uh, one last question about gRPC. Uh, what do you think uh, would be a challenge in implementing it? Right now, uh, you kind of need to understand the HTTP much better. You, you need to go over HTTP2. Uh, then you need to understand the, like a pro-buff lingo to some extent, you know, and uh, stuff like that. So there, there is is like a more challenge for the average uh, developer than, than in comparison with the rest? I don't think so. I mean, my, my vision of, of gRPC is, uh, uh, let's say, limited to the Google API for, for .NET Core and uh, to the implementation mm. uh, of gRPC, of the gRPC protocol that you find in ASP.NET Core 3.0 uh, and 1 and, and in the future. 
um, I mean, at that point, or the only thing you have to be aware of is uh, the yeah the the, the 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 language in which you have to define the contract. So, it, which okay, it, it's not C sharp. It's it, it's a sort of pseudo language, but n- n- nothing language, nothing yeah. really okay. complicated to learn. It's just about how you define uh, the, the 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 interface. I mean, it, it, it's not really different from using C sharp for defining classic uh, type I whatever. Uh, so th- that's that's the only thing you need to know, and then you know how the the contract uh, interacts with uh, the client and, and the server. But in the end, it's writing a service, uh, a service that imports and exposes a contract, and then it's ri- it's about writing code to 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 pop, to give substance okay. to the endpoints. Mm, so it it mostly depends on the on, on the framework. So uh, SP.NET Core probably makes it much easier than uh, than uh, the the raw uh, Google provided SDK for for, for different languages, but uh, I believe that in the in the in the future, even beyond the .NET Core, there will be more and more frameworks to make it simpler uh, to arrange a gRPC solution. So I, I'm yeah. not really concerned on this point. To 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 wrap the, the the challenges over there, so so to say, so that you can you can work seamlessly. I would like to conclude this. Um, uh, podcast. Thank you very much for joining us for this uh, Authority Partners podcast on uh, building architect in intelligence software. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, Bye-bye. thanks. Thank you for listening to Authority Partners podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs>